Hey everybody, this is uh, the Portillo Pod. Uh, in case you missed it, we've got uh, twin brothers Joshua and Justin Portillo, two uh, college wrestlers at different schools, uh, wrestled each other in a real match, and uh, not just any match, but it was a, a really significant match. And so we're going to talk with both of them today to uh, recap that match, talk about how it all came together, and uh, what's going to be next for them. So to start us out, uh, Joshua, what um, what school do you go to? What um, how's your season going so far? Yeah, so it's good to be here. My name's Joshua Portillo. I'm currently wrestling for the University of Nebraska at Kearney. Uh, kind of been there a while, so this is my sixth year actually. I I had one where I redshirted, and then I had the COVID year, which gave me the extra year. Um, as opposed to others, and I'm currently a three-time All-American. I've made the national finals once, and in high school, I was a three-time Iowa State champ. So that's me. In Kearney, you guys are uh, one of the top D2 teams, right? Going for that D2 national title this year. Yep, Division Two. Last year, we lost by a point and a half at uh, the national tournament. So we're right there in the hunt for a team title for sure. Awesome. And Justin, how about you? Yeah, I'm Justin. I'm also a super senior thanks to COVID. I, yeah, I'm a four-time All-American. I've been a national finalist before, and this season's been going pretty good. I'm not sure what my record is, but, uh, yeah, my team's just coming fresh off of a national duelist title, which was really fun to participate in. And then, yeah, we just had the super duel, so... That's how my season's been. Mm-hmm. And so you guys, even though your schools are uh, are are in the same division, you know, the same organization, uh, your teams just wanted this competition. Uh, you know, you're each, um, you know, one of the best teams in your your respective divisions, right? County and Grandview, two of the best teams. Um, and so your uh, you know, teams scheduled this. Grandview has how many matches is it that you guys have won in a row? Uh, some uh, just, some really long streak. Yeah, fresh off this win, we now have a 112 streak. So going into the match, we had 111 in a row, dating back to uh, well, the last time we lost to an NAI team, which is the division we compete in, was 2011. But the last time we lost any duel, uh, if you ask Coach Mitchell, he remembers it like it just happened yesterday, but. I believe it was 2012 against Iowa State it was the last time we took a loss. So we've been chugging along since then. Man, and so, yeah, it, people started uh, talking about it pretty early on, I'd say two weeks out maybe, saying, hey, wait a minute, these guys are going to wrestle each other. Um, is this something you guys have been looking forward to the whole season? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I... – uh... oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you got it. Yeah. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this was a duel that me and my brother have both kind of nagged our coaches about for years now. And, uh, yeah, sometime over summer, coach announced it. And, like, I had to do a double check at the schedule. Like, whoa, is this, is this really actually finally happening? And sure enough, so, uh, you know, I've been trying to stay focused on, you know, the next meet right in front of me. But... You know, as soon as national duels got done, I'm like, all right, now it's time. Here we go. Grandview and Carney, let's do it. 
That's awesome. And then, so had, had you guys hit in, I mean, I know you guys have done some, uh, you know, goofing around matches. Had you guys had any actual, like, competitive matches in the past? Yeah, so we've, we've had some, like, kind of exhibition matches, if you will, that uh, neither one of us took uh, very serious at all. And if we've had a match since middle school, it, we've either decided just to, you know, wrestle kind of half or just not wrestle at all. But the last time we've actually faced was in middle school, and that one ended a, kind of in a pretty big fight. So, uh, yeah, just haven't faced since. We fa Like I said, we met in the finals of a freestyle tournament once, and we just kind of uh, play wrestled in a way. And uh, we wrestled for campers in the middle of a camp once, but that also wasn't super serious, you know. But for this match, kind of like what Justin was saying, like we both took it. Uh, super serious. We approached it like any other match, which is weird because usually I'm not getting ready to wrestle my twin brother, but we just took it like any other match and left it all out there. Mm -hmm. How much do you guys like, do you watch each other's matches? You know, whether it's, you know, the national tournament or, you know, each other's big duels or whatever are you, you know, keeping an eye yeah. on each other's wrestling? Yeah, yeah all the time. Like I I've always said that I'm probably Justin's biggest fan, and he's honestly probably one of mine. And that's just because one of our favorite things to do together is watch film uh, of each other and try to help each other out and whatnot. So ironically, yeah, we've watched plenty of film on each other, but usually it's with us trying to help each other out, not scout the opponent. But uh, so, yeah, to answer the question, we, we've watched lots and lots and lots of film together. But we're we're both pretty dynamic as it is, so even though we watched film, like it was still a pretty high flying match, and we still tried to be as offensive as possible. So, yeah. Mhm. Mm so we get to the actual match. Uh, it, it was a pretty close duel, but I think Grandview was up by four, going into the last match. Yep. Yep. So, that's correct. I don't, I don't know how much you guys were considering that. To me, it seemed like it wasn't super likely you guys were going to be pinning each other. So at that point, the duel was probably out of reach. And so it's just you guys wrestling just to wrestle. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't think that my brother would pin me. But, of course, like, going into the last match, it's, it's still in the back of my head. Like, uh -huh. I don't know what this dude's capable of. Like, he could catch me in something crazy. Like, I'm sure he wants to pin me. Like, of course, he wants his team to win just as much as I want my team to win. So, yeah, like, you know, I, I went in there and I wrestled a hard match and tried not to get pinned. I didn't get major me or anything, so I figured that'd be the only shot at losing the duel. But still, like, knock on wood, I don't get pinned very often. So I wasn't too worried about it. So I felt like we could go in there and just take it to each other. Nice. So – and the match actually delivered, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the matches that get all the hype and the anticipation ends up being kind of a dud. But this was a, this was a really good match, really back and forth. Um, what did you guys think were kind of the, the um, key moments of the match that really swung it? Yeah, like, so I can, I can start. Uh, honestly, I didn't pay a lot of attention to the score. I've been trying to do that less and less this year because usually when I'm worried about the scores when bad things are going to happen. Uh, it's kind of how my 
national tournament unfolded last year. Uh, I remember at the national tournament, um, and my coach will tell you too, there was short time left in the match. And I looked at the clock and the guy didn't score like right away, but I think that was like a sign of weakness that he probably caught on to. So I've been trying really hard to not worry about the score or whatever. Um, but, you know, that, that first takedown I got was pretty big. He came right out the gate, beat me to that first punch, got in deep on my legs, but I was able to funk myself out of it, came out on top of that too. And uh, ironically, there's different points in the match where we'd each locked our hands on a cradle. Uh, neither cradle was super tight, you know, but uh, either one of those cradles, I mean, nine times out of 10, that could be a match ender. So um, those were definitely huge points. I look back to the second period, um, you know, I never want to end the period on bottom and uh, second period I was on bottom and we got into a crazy little scramble and uh, I was very, very close to getting a reversal. And I, I thought about that one a lot. Like if I would have gotten that reversal, that probably would have put the match out of hand. But yeah, towards the end, you know, I got that last takedown and he got an escape and a takedown too. And just like that, it was tied after I got my escape. Yeah, a lot going on there. Yeah, I thought that position at the very end of the second period really close to a reversal, uh, but not quite. But then at the end of the third, you did um, get out from bottom. There was a restart with something like 15, 20 seconds left. And you were able to get yeah, out from there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and like a lot of times my philosophy on bottom is a little more patient, a little more rolling around. You know, a lot of times guys will make a mistake trying to ride me and, you know, I can go for a reversal or, you know, put them on their back. But, yeah, when it comes down to a situation like that, 15 seconds left, I got to be able to get my one there. And uh, I put myself in that situation a lot at practice. Heck, I've had a couple matches where I've had to get one with short time. So I felt like I'd do it. I felt like I'd be able to get the one. But, of course, my brother's pretty good on top, so – yeah, that was a little thrilling towards the end. And then, yeah, I got that escape, and I was kind of just like, we both kind of took a breath, like, here we go. Like, of course, it's an overtime. Like, let's settle it. And then, yeah, overtime was, I mean, Josh can fill you in on overtime since he's the one that got the takedown. So take it away, Josh. Yeah, I mean, pretty much if you got the video, you can kind of see what happened. Uh, I didn't know what happened even when it first actually happened, but I went back and I've, I've seen it a couple of times. But I, I think we just literally both thought to shoot at the exact same time. And it's like, of course, like we're twins. What are the odds? That's how it ends. And I kind of, I don't know, I just had a little bit of a better angle. And it felt really good, though. Like I could feel him come to my chest and I just kind of pancaked him, just flipped him straight over to his back and... Yeah, I was, it was pretty thrilling. Uh, it kind of caught me off guard because I just, I kind of wasn't expecting it. Like, it was one of those moves that just fell right into your hands and it just felt so natural. But, uh, yeah, that's what decided it. And it didn't even hit me that I could have probably, I could have gone for a pin right there. Like, I just flipped into his back. I don't think I would have gotten it anyways. Like, it was kind of a continuous roll through by him. But if I would have pinned him right then, that would have been the duel for us. So that would have been pretty legendary, but either way, it was it was just pretty exciting. I think it was five to four after the first period. He had two takedowns. I had one. 
Second period, I think we traded reversals, so it was seven to six. And then third period, I got out to make it seven to seven, and then we both traded takedowns again, takedowns and escapes. So that that was the match. I mean, so yeah, we both had what would that have been? Then two or three takedowns each, and yeah, several escapes, and yeah, it was fun. Yeah, one thing I'll mention too, like uh, in overtime. It's, I'm sure we've seen like movies, like sports movies where it's like that final scene and everything's going in slow motion. And, uh, you know, that final move that Josh took me down with, it only took about, you know, a second and a half and it was over. But I remember in that moment, as he was taking me through, it was going in slow motion. And, you know, you kind of get to that point where you're like, yep, he's going to get the takedown. So uh, at that point, my mind shifted like, don't go to your back. Don't go to your back. Don't go to your back. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting how time, like, slows down in the moment. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the, the last takedown of regulation, so Josh looked like took, like, a high crotch and transitioned into a carry. And then you were mm -hmm. fighting the danger position. And then you, you um, the, the ref starts counting the danger, and you punched your arm through to get out of the danger. But then Josh, you're uh, cast over to the other side. And that um, that seemed like a moment that could have gone either way. Yeah, definitely. That that scramble was huge. Um, I get in that position pretty often, believe it or not. It's just kind of how I like to finish my high crotch or I just shoot a fireman's. What's scary about that position is I can never know if they're actually in danger or not because it's kind of like my head's tucked under his belly and I'm just kind of trying to balance him over. And I just hear the crowd screaming, like, that's danger. But I don't know if they're just being extra, you know, if they're just being obnoxious and trying to get in the ref's head. But I had no idea that whole time, and I was just trying to expose, and I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to try to flip over and, and hope it ends well. I've actually flipped in that position a couple of times and had it not in the greatest. So I kind of took a chance there, which I needed to because I was losing by a point at the time. But uh, that was definitely one of the craziest exchanges, and... Yeah, I didn't know if the ref was going to stalemate it, but I definitely needed two there, so that that pretty much saved saved my butt and sent me to overtime, so yeah, that was pretty clutch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was cool that you guys are willing to take those kind of risks. I mean, I think a lot of times when you get people that are, you know, more familiar with each other that have wrestled a lot, it ends up being kind of kind of a tense match where they're not taking much risk. Um you know, and especially in a, a big moment like that where it's the last match of the duel, people kind of tense up. So it's cool that you guys really let it fly. Yeah, you know, this match had it, – it, there's it was it meant a lot more to Justin and I than just necessarily uh, going head-to-head -head against each other. But we wanted to use it as an opportunity to try to get tired. Like, that's one of the scariest things when you're wrestling out there, getting, like, dead tired and – not knowing what you can do, and we wanted to use this as a chance to just really be try to be as offensive as possible and know that it's okay if we get tired in this match because really at the end of the day, I don't think we care too much if we lost to each other. Like, yeah, there's the sibling rivalry, but we both knew we were going to walk out of there with our, our heads high and, you know, we're going to give each other a good high five at the end. Like, it's going to be what it was, but... We really wanted to just use it as a chance, too, to 
show off our conditioning and, and see how many points we can put up, how offensive we can be. So that was something that just kind of helped us to keep pushing and try to keep scoring for both of us. Like I said, we both shot at the same exact time in overtime. If that tells you what kind of match it was, I mean, yeah, it was fun to be a part of a match like that too, but yeah. Yeah, Justin, you have anything to add about uh, that that dynamic of it? Yeah, I just I, I like that Josh mentioned our our goal of getting tired, um, and you know a lot of times, you know in high tense matches it can be easy to want to conserve your energy or whatever, but uh, really it was just a good opportunity against a high level foe to go out there and test my offense, and uh, I, I think that. I do believe that I have a very diverse skill set on my feet and just in general. And uh, yeah, this was a great chance to test that. I mean, I think we both have really good offense, but we're both really good defensively as well. So it's kind of like if I can finish a takedown clean on my brother, I think I can finish a takedown pretty clean on a good majority of the guys I might face. So uh, it's a really good test. Um, even if he wasn't my brother, yeah, it was. he's a really – He's an opponent that I have respect for. And, you know, there's a fine line of, like, having respect or, like, having too much respect. But, um, you know, at this stage, it's like most of the guys that I face are going to be tough. You know, it's just a matter of, like, I'm tough too. And it's like, who's a harder worker? Who's more disciplined? Who's going to take more chances? Who's more creative? That's what a lot of these matches are going to come down to. Not necessarily who's got the best skill because I think you could argue a lot of people, you know, later in their careers, you can kind of plateau in skill. Like just, I mean, if you look at the D one level, like there's so much parity involved and it's hard for a lot of guys to like separate themselves. What separates them from the others stuff like heart stuff, like stuff like that I just mentioned. So uh, yeah, it was a really good, uh, really good test for that. And I, I think the whole team, agrees with me in that regard uh i think everyone in our lineup got really good matches to learn from there and uh win or lose all of our guys are even more motivated from that and we've grown a lot from that match already and at this point you know uh, we got a few opens left a few duels but it's about time to really get serious and get ready for one last ride for for me and my brother at least mm-hmm and you guys both, um, you know, you've both been on the podium before, but you also both mentioned uh, disappointments at Nationals. Um, this uh, this is going to be your last time around, I guess. So any um, anything you're doing differently this year to prepare for that? Yeah, definitely. I'll start. Um, and I've, I've kind of mentioned this to a few people, but one of my big – shifts in perspective and changes of attitude from last year is just uh, trying to eliminate that stress and trying to just think less. Uh, last year, I don't know what it was, but I kind of got into my own head too much and I became way too focused on one thing and one thing only, and that was winning. And that's a, that's a great extrinsic goal to have. And obviously every time I step on the mat, I want to walk away as the champion. Like I'm never satisfied with losing and heck I'm hardly satisfied with a lot of my wins but something for me in, the, in this last year it's like 
win or lose, this might be it for me. I don't know if I'm going to wrestle post-college yet. I, I, I really don't know. I don't know if my body can take much longer of this. I, I don't know. I don't know a lot of things. But I don't want to have any regrets about – like, I'll be honest. I, I, I do have regrets with the way I wrestled last season. And if I would have ended my career last year, I would have been severely disappointed. Not just because of the outcome, but like why the outcome happened and how I prepared for the tournament and my mentality going into it. And I'm not going to let myself make those same mental mistakes. So real big thing for me, like, well, a little thing is like, I'm not looking at brackets this year. Okay. That's a simple one. Like looking at brackets and names and stuff, too much stress. Don't need that. But it's all kind of just a big goal of, I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, like I just want to have some fun and I want to score lots of points. Like, I mean, if you think about it, like realistically, I probably got a few duels left and then conference and then nationals. I'm curious how many more takedowns I have left in me. How many more takedowns can I get? I'm not, I'm not so concerned with how many more matches I'm going to win. What kind of legacy am I going to believe behind on, leave behind on the mat? Uh, and I, I want to inspire my teammates and, you know, other people that watch me to have that go get them attitude on that, that the philosophy on our team is we're dogs chasing cars. All right. You know, you're sitting on the porch, a car drives by a stray dog just starts chasing it. Right. The dog's not thinking the dog doesn't know what he's going to do when he gets to the car. The dog's just chasing the car, chase, chase, chase. And that's kind of the mentality that I've really put on the top of my priority list. Every time I step on that mat for seven minutes, just turn my mind off and just chase. Just go get that guy. Find ways to score points. And when I'm not scoring points, find ways to wear him down. Uh, so that's the big thing that, that coming into these last few matches, that's, that's number one for me. I don't want to have any regrets. And I want to enjoy these, these last few matches I have. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll follow that up too. Just the... The main thing that Justin said that I agree with is the whole no regrets thing. I've I've kind of been using this as I've kind of been calling this the year of no regrets just because I'm kind of nearing that point to where I mean it is it is the end of my career like this is about the end and I've been doing it since I was 4 and I I want to win a national title trust me but more than anything I just don't want to walk away with regrets from this sport. I don't want to walk away thinking I could have given it more, which I probably will anyways. That's just how wrestlers are. But the bottom line is I just want to see how good I can be this year. And to my last year, uh, theoretically, this is the highest that my human potential can reach. Like when it comes to wrestling skill, it should be this year as I end up trying to win a national title. But uh, yeah, it's all about mind mindset shift and... I've had some struggles with my mindset before, uh, kind of like Justin was alluding to, and it just makes it a lot easier to wrestle when I already feel like I have, I'm have. i leaving no no regrets. You know, I can just step in the mat, wrestle, give it my all, and then I can be happy walking off the mat, uh, regardless of if I win or lose, because I'm giving it my all. But uh, that would just be one of my biggest things, just kind of that no regret philosophy for the year. Yeah, and something I can add on to that, Josh, too, is uh, 
Like, I don't know if I, – I think you're the same way as me, of course. But I think when we're too focused about winning is when we do worse. When we kind of just don't care is – like, that's when I have a lot of my best performances. Like, last year, um, you know, I lost in the semis to a, a really good opponent. But I'd actually faced them earlier in the year at the Grandview Open. And uh, that whole week, I was pretty injured. I I kind of screwed up my neck pretty bad, and I didn't even think I was going to wrestle in the tournament, even Friday night before the tournament started. Uh, I was going to weigh in and wrestle one or two matches and, you know, kind of just see what happened. So really, I kind of just had a carefree attitude going into that tournament, and I faced that kid in the semis, and I dominated him. I think I won like 8-2, to two, but then... Yeah, Nationals rolls around. I'm too worried about winning, and I cost myself. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've I've definitely, I think most wrestlers have had things like this. And I I can remember realizing I I would be much more upset about not wrestling how I wanted to wrestle than I would be with losing and that just that once I had that realization it was just so freeing and suddenly it just felt like uh, I I had this like control over what was going to happen because it didn't matter if I won it just mattered if I did what I wanted to do what um anything that you guys want to um end on anything any message you guys want to share or anything like that I'll just say that I'm glad that a lot of people are, are seeing the good that this meet did for the sport. Uh, I think we need to have a lot more of these non-Division one battles that are cross-division uh, just because I think they're so good for the sport and people love them. They're battles, they're team battles that don't really matter because you're not going to be facing the guys at, at Nationals. And I just hope more teams can see the example that UNK and Grandview provided and, you know, step outside of their comfort zone a little bit and really try to face some of the best teams in a different division, just because I truly think that, A, that'll be best for your team in the long run, but B, just the fans. The fans love it. I mean, they want to see these battles. So, again, I just hope more teams can follow suit and we can get some good blockbuster duels. Agree with that completely. All right, well, um, thanks for coming on, guys, and um, see you later. Yep, thanks a bunch. Hey, everybody, joining the podcast is Austin Early. Austin is the host of uh, the currently uh, hiatus podcast, Changing Levels. Was uh, one of the best wrestling podcasts out there. Austin is uh, a coach in the state of Indiana. Austin, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be back and uh, good to be on the podcast grind again here, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. Yeah, we uh, when, what was it back in? Um, what what event was it that we we previewed together on a podcast? Like uh, at the, we've done at a the very begin, like at the very beginning of kind of both of our careers in this this kind of thing. I think we did uh, beat the streets. Yeah, that sounds right. I think it was Beat the Streets. Yeah, yeah, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last time I was on your show, we did 
uh, Indiana versus Penn or uh, Indiana versus Michigan. So that's right, the uh, short-lived Michigan show. That's right. Yeah, well, um, so in this, uh, we're just going to be talking about some of the big college matchups this weekend. Uh, one that I just want to touch on briefly because I think it's kind of under the radar is um, the Maryland versus Indiana duel. Okay. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's just really well matched where it seems like every weight, even if it's not super highly regarded guys, it's guys that are fairly close. So I think every match is going to be uh, at least interesting. And then Cochran against Washington at 184. Cochran mm-hmm. uh, for Maryland has had kind of a breakout year. He beat Hunter Bolin. He beat the Cornell guy. I forget his name. And then Washington obviously had the win over Carter Starachi. Had a, had a really good season last year. Now he's up to 184. And two guys that are, I think, not talked about enough. How do you... Uh, how do you feel about that match? You know, I, I'm really excited about it. Like you said, Kyle Cochran has been kind of uh, showing up lately, and um, you know, he's really kind of surprising people. Maryland in general has been on the rise the last couple of years, and I think wrestling is better whenever you know the whole of the Big Ten is better, and Maryland kind of being that basement team uh, was kind of disappointing for a while, but you know, to see them kind of um, up right now. And and guys like Kyle Cochran are a big reason why uh, they're buying in right now. And I think a matchup with Donnell Washington is going to be huge, um, not only for the duel, but for both of those guys' season. Um, Donnell Washington, like you said, moved up from 174 to 184. Um, you know, he lost by major uh, to Aaron Brooks. And um, actually, I think both these guys did. Um, they were both majored by him. So uh, it'll be a good measuring stick match and one that could play really uh, will play into somebody's seed down the road. I'm not sure what the the first coach's um, ranking will look like, but, you know, this could be a, for an allocation spot, really. They're at 84. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, both guys are like, they have been impressive, but I mean, because Washington's only season was last year in the shortened year. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that many matches where you could get a, a great sense of where he stacks up, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this year he's had a little bit more of a full season, but he's got a new weight. Um, so it's, it's just, it's fun to get a full year worth of matches for everybody and get that kind of bigger picture of, you know, how they stack up. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and both these guys have had plenty of matches this year. Um, they both have had over 10 matches at this point and have had some success. Cochran only has two losses. Uh, Washington only has two losses. So um, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, I'm not sure that... Yeah, I I don't know where I was going with that, but I I think it'll be interesting. I think I favor Washington here, uh, just slightly. Um, probably a one takedown match. Agreed. Um, yeah, I, yeah so. Washington by a score of something like six four. Yeah, I think it, yeah six four six five type of match. 
where somebody will need something at the end. And uh, I could see maybe Washington kind of holding on for a win. Then mm-hmm. uh, one of the big duels, we've got uh, Michigan against Penn State. One that I am hoping to be at in person. I did not win the lottery for the Matt side seats, but hopefully I'll be there just general admission. Uh, can you not get a media pass? Uh, I did not really look into it. I should have. Might still be time. You got a couple days. Good. All right. Well, thanks for the advice on that one. So starting at 125, I don't know what weight they're actually going to start at, but we'll just start at the bottom. Uh, it's going to be Nick Suriano now for Michigan. Uh, just quickly, do you have any thoughts on that, just the whole Nick Suriano situation? I think that, obviously, this has put Michigan in contention. Nick Suriano has put Michigan in contention for a title. And uh, this will be a big-time measuring stick for him early in his season. You know, he just started the second semester, so um, I'm, I'm excited. I I missed his uh, his first match, his first couple matches this year, so um, I have not got to see him, but I plan on checking him out this weekend. Of course, he's not going to have an easy one, Drew Hildebrandt. Tough kid, mm-hmm. you know, the Central Michigan transfer, and you know he's three and zero this year. He had a fall and two decisions, and he beat a very tough Jacob Moran, and then uh, had a tight win in the Rutgers duel. Um, but Suriano looked really good against Malik Heinzelman. Yeah, uh, with a major, and I I could honestly see Suriano majoring Hildebrandt here. Uh, what do you think? I don't expect it to happen. Um, just the way Hildebrandt wrestles, he. Um... He doesn't give up huge, huge numbers of points. You know, he's good enough on top. He's good enough with his leg defense. It usually doesn't get ugly for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Siriano doesn't always... He wrestles at a high pace, but he's he's a little... He's, he's so... Oh, he, he's so solid with his stance and his positioning. But then his attacks tend to be a little bit mm-hmm. straight ahead. Sure. I think he's not a guy who scores, you know, 15, 20 points a match. That's part of why I think it was so impressive that he did get the major against Heinzelman because it was, it was a little bit out of character. And there was also the element of, you know, it was so completely dominant. Heinzelman was never really close to getting to his legs or anything. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I see a Suriano win pretty comfortably, but something like four to one. Mm-hmm. See, I see it as like a, a seven to two, okay. eight to two kind of match where uh-huh. he'll be right. Th- I think he'll be right there on the line. Where I think the coaches are going to be co- kind of coaching him up this week and saying, "Hey, you know, for us to have a shot to win this duel, you're going to need some bonus points out of you here." So you know, like a good coach would. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely interesting being kind of basically early in the season for these guys, even though for the teams it's not. For them, mm-hmm. it is, and maybe that that creates more uncertainty with this. Of you know, are, are both guys going to be you know ready to wrestle seven minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, who do you got winning that one? Uh, I'll, I'll take Suriano, but fairly close. Yeah, I got Suriano. 
for sure. Yeah, so then at 133, Roman Bravo Young against uh, Dylan Ragazin. We saw this one last year. Uh, Ragazin was weighing in light because he had to get back down to 125. Bravo Young won something like 10 to 3, I want to say. Yeah, it was somewhere along that, yeah. Yeah, and I expect a similar result here. Maybe a little bit closer this time, but uh, a comfortable win for Roman Ravel Young. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think Dylan is just a couple notches below that. And, and RBY, obviously, a national champ. Um, not a lot to be said there. I am excited for the future uh, for Ragason, though, um, like we all are, I think. Yeah, he um, you know obviously has had a lot of success in freestyle. Um, didn't didn't have a great national tournament last year, but he's it looks like starting to put it together. He's getting the legs a little bit more, and this is something we can talk about with another wrestler later on. But I think you you generally see the best wrestlers the way they score is they get to your legs, and I think mm-hmm. sometimes you see guys at a slightly lower level are super successful even without getting the legs where they they beat everybody just with pass bys and front headlocks and upper mm-hmm. body stuff. And then to jump levels, they got to start getting to the legs. And I think Ragazin's doing that more. Yeah, I haven't got to see Ragazin um, this year. Um, how much has he wrestled? Uh, he's wrestled a pretty good amount. He he did a couple tournaments. Uh, I pull up his wrestle stat. Yeah, so he's twelve and three. He did the Michigan State Open. He did uh, Cliff Keen Las Vegas. He okay. had losses to Madrigal at the Michigan State Open, as well as Lucas Bird. Uh, he beat uh, Chris Cannon to win in Vegas. And then he lost to McGee from Arizona State. This is a, uh, that was his last loss. And then he beat the Ohio State guy by major. Yeah. Um, do you expect him to stay at 33 or whenever Seriano kind of dips out? Is he going to go back down to 25? I don't think so. I think he's pretty big for 125. I think it was he was pulling a lot of weight last year. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he'll go back down. Honestly, I think he's more likely to end up going up to 41 than he is to go back down to 25. Oh, well. As, as a long-term thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. For this season, 33 is a really good weight for him. Uh, so 141, this is one of the big ones. We've got Stefan Meechich from Michigan against Nick Lee for Penn State. And I feel like this is one that we maybe would have been a lot more excited for like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where I think Meech's stock has fallen uh, a good amount since then. He had a, a rough time at the Olympics, was clearly cutting a lot of weight. Uh, lost to, I think it was Takahashi from Japan. Mm, yeah. Anyway, yeah. didn't uh, didn't wrestle a very good match. Um, and then this year, uh, coming all the way up to 141 has also not looked great. Had a really surprising loss to Cole Matthews from Pitt. 
uh, and then two sort of underwhelming wins against Klebo from Arizona State and D'Amelio from Ohio State. Do you think it's just he took a lot of time off after, you know, after the Olympics, you know, all fall, he was off the mat, and now he's just kind of working his way back into it, or do you think there's he's just he's just a little bit too beat up after eight years out of college, or eight years out of high school in college? I think there's a lot that's playing into it. Um, you know, he's already been a three-time All-American. Like you said, he's been in college for eight years. He graduated high school in 2014. You know, here we are in 2022, and he's a redshirt senior for the second time. You know, you mentioned the weight-cutting issues, and he's bumped up to 41. Um, I think part of it is he's probably a little beat up, and we've seen that from some other uh, super-duper seniors this year. The guys, they just kind of look sluggish. Um, I think getting used to the weight for him is going to be big. You know, because he was a 25 and a 33 forever, and that 33 to 41 jump is such a big one in size that it takes some time for your body to get used to that. I'm not sure he's really fully filled out. I don't know how you feel about that, but... You yeah, know. no, I think he is a little small for the weight. I think he just doesn't really care. Yeah. Whereas, you know what, I, I had to cut so much weight, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, was his intention... You know, obviously he's not going to go 57 kilos anymore, you know, after this year. Is he going to be a 61 guy, or is he just, is he going up to go to 65? Is that his intention of going 141, or was it just for the team, or? I don't know. I would guess 61, just because I think that's where he's got his best chance at mm-hmm. European and maybe world medals, but, I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. And do you think he went up to 141 for the team this year? I mean, no, I think that, I think no, that I think that was his choice. That was his plan was just to be done cutting weight for college, mm-hmm. having to make the weight week after week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 133 is probably not horrible for him, but it is. You know, he's cutting weight, mm-hmm. and he just yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, the weekend week out of it. Obviously, you've been doing it for eight years. You probably get to a point where you're sick of it you know it's not like freestyle where you know you're not making weight every week and you know so um uh, mm-hmm. but yeah you're right he hasn't looked great and i'm not sure he's gonna have anything for nick lee yeah you combine his struggles with um how good nick lee has looked it um it's hard to make a case for me just winning this match lee obviously national champ last year he has really just beat the brakes off of everybody this year yeah, will you be more surprised if Nick Lee gets bonus or if Michich wins? Which will be more surprising for you? Oh, man. Honestly, probably a Michich win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, do you remember the um, the Nick Lee versus Luke Pletcher match? A couple yes. years ago, where yeah. Pletcher, I think, got the first takedown, and it, it was really close. And then Lee just kept picking up the pace. Uh, and by the end, Pletcher just didn't have anything left. So they're yeah. running away with it. I think, mm-hmm. I think we could see something like that. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think it, you're looking probably at like a another eight two type of match, mm-hmm. similar to one one twenty five. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure Nick Lee will be able to get bonus against Mitchich, but I, I'm not sure. I'd be surprised to see it either, just the way uh, Mitchich has been wrestling. So, um, with Nick Lee, like you said, just looking so good, it's um, yeah, there's no way to pick yeah. against him. Nick Lee also might be able to turn him. We haven't really seen Meechus tested on the mat. I feel like he hasn't wrestled mm-hmm. any great top wrestlers that much in the last few years. You know, even um, the year he got third at 133, you know, the top guys that year were, uh, you know, Dayton Fix, Nick Suriano, are guys that'll kill you from the top position. I think uh, I think he may struggle against Lee from bottom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then 149, Bo Bartlett uh, for Penn State is having a decent year. Michigan, I am guessing, will send Cole Matten. Uh, Cannon Store, they're hoping, will be back for Nationals. He had a pretty bad injury at the Cliff Keen Las Vegas tournament. Uh, so Bartlett versus Matten, I think the pick would be Bartlett, but... Should be a good match. Yeah, you know, I feel like Bartlett is another guy that I'm not, I'm not sold on this year. I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like he had a lot of hype coming in. Um, you know, his loss to Manzona Bryant, who Manzona Bryant's a tough dude. Um, that's a tough kid, and and uh, you know, then he's taken a couple of losses since then. He lost to Mike Van Brill. Um, I'm not sure that a loss to Cole Matten is off the table here. Especially in a mm-hmm. tight duel at Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Cole Matten goes with anybody. Yeah. You know, he, he never backs down. You know, he's had some pretty decent results. I mean, a 9-4 loss to Sammy Sasso. Um you know, he was right there um, with a lot of these dudes he's lost to. And when he's mm-hmm. had some de- decent wins, um, I could see him being right there, like you said. So um, I I will pick Bo Bartlett there, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Cole Martin keep it close. Maybe, or Matten, I don't know, like, I think I said Martin more than once, but Cole Matten keep it, keep it tight mm-hmm. and maybe even steal one. Yeah. 157, uh, Will Lawan from Michigan wrestling against, do we even know who it's going to be? Um, it's been Tony, Tony, Tony Negron. Negron, yeah. Um, I think you know, Joe Lee might still be in the mix, and then obviously Brady Birdie, we don't know what weight he's going. Yeah, you know, that's the thing, right? Um, if it's Tony Negron, um, I don't know. Obviously, I, I feel like Lawan will be the winner here. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a pretty clear cut, whoever they send out. Even if it's Lee, I'm not yeah. super sold on there. But Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it, it's hard telling. And then, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, Brady Berge, we're not sure where he's going to be at. I think a lot of people are suspecting he'll go 65. 
Yeah, he wrestled 65 uh, for the, the one match that he did. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, do you do you see bonus here? I think it's definitely possible. You're going to be in that probably that 6-7 range and as far as the spread there. So um, I think in a duel like this, again, their coaches are going to be stressing it to them and, and, and they're going to try to will that on and and does that play into Penn State will they try to maybe throw Joe Lee out there like you said and um maybe they think he could yeah I think he I want to say he might be hurt I don't know about that yeah he could be I'm not I'm not sure honestly gonna try and pull that up So he wrestled at the Southern Scuffle two weeks ago and hasn't wrestled since, but I think that's just a, a coach's decision. Mm, yeah, who knows? That's interesting, yeah. It's really um, interesting, and and that kind of thing can swing a duel one way or another, especially mm-hmm. a close duel, you know, where, you know, where Negron might get bonus, might get bonus by a Luan, but he might not. But he could as well, because you know Lee can be mm-hmm. hot and cold at times. So um, I don't know. I, I definitely yeah. see a Michigan win, and um, just to be safe, I think it'd probably be a just mm-hmm. a regular old decision there. Yeah, because Lawan's a guy that it seems like doesn't open up at all, even when he's clearly the better guy. Mm-hmm. So how do you thinking as a coach? How do you get guys to be more? kind of expansive with their game to be more dynamic to be you know taking risk more i think a lot of times coaches and you know obviously that's a big a big thing at every level is trying to get kids to open up more and and uh i think it's a confidence thing you know and and getting and doing it in practice and i think penn state has done that really well with some of their guys they just attack you know, I was known for attacking. Um, I, I, yeah, I think, again, it, it's just one of those, from a coach perspective, it's getting a guy to feel confident enough to go out and attack and, and being confident in your finishes, right? Because if a guy's not confident in his finishes, he's not going to want to get to a leg and get sprawled on and, and uh, you know, have to fight that through that. They want a nice, clean finish. And a lot of guys, I think, even at the college level, don't want to do that unless they know they can get a nice, easy finish. So, um, especially in the Big Ten, you're going to kind of get beat up and everybody's good. So, um, you're going to kind of try to play it to a perfect shot. And, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. 165, we've got Cam Amin against probably Brady Berge. Berge, for those who don't know, had some serious medical issues he had a concussion at the junior world championships a couple years ago that kept him out for a long time then last year he was back and tore up his knee pretty badly uh retired from wrestling became a coach at south dakota state and then um just a few weeks ago decided he wanted to give it one last go uh went back to penn state he's going to wrestle the rest of this season uh, and it, it looks like he's up to 165. He uh, he was at 157 previously. 
I really have no idea how it's going to go. Um, <sighs> if if he's at full strength, it's a really good match. Um, how do you see him doing against Cam Amin? I like Cam Amin. Bergie's only wrestled one match this year. Right. Um, it was a win. He looked okay, right? Um, but I, I, I just... Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't think a, he's quite there year. with his injuries and with his injuries mm-hmm. and things, I'm not sure. Um also how do you feel about that? I mean, the guy was coaching at another school in the same division. Yeah. And now he's competing unusual. against those kids he was coaching. Yeah. You Isn't know, that I, odd? so I, I I thought for sure because I, I didn't he put out that message. And I, I think I didn't read the whole thing. I was like, oh, he's coming back to wrestling. That's really cool. I thought he'd be wrestling for South Dakota State. Right, yeah. And then someone said said something about Penn State's lineup. I was like, what? Like, it's like, so like he's going odd. back to the – because he, he transferred schools, right? He's like a, you know, like a, a student assistant. I don't know if he's still an undergrad or if he's in graduate school now, but – He's 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 taking classes. I think at was taking classes at South Dakota State, was my understanding. So he's going to re-transfer with the plan of transferring back again. I don't I don't know. It's so odd to me. I don't. Yeah. Because. I I don't I I don't know how I'd feel as a wrestler in the South Dakota State room. If my coach, who was working with me, what if there's another 65-pounder? What if they meet in the NCAA tournament? Wouldn't that be yeah. strange? I mean, I know that's kind of happened at times, like on the senior level where guys have been coached by other guys and work partners and whatever, and that happens. But a coach at a college team transfers to wrestle for his old school it's just it opens up a whole can of worms, and I'm not sure. I I love that he wants to come back. I, more power to him. I hope he has success. Yeah. So it's Tanner Cook. Is there 165? He was a national qualifier last He's year. He's pretty good, right? Yeah. And you know they've been wrestling together. And do you think it? It makes you wonder too. Like, is he beating Tanner Cook in the room? I think for sure. Enough to. I think go, you know be, what? Maybe I can do yeah, this. So, so well, so Tanner Cook is not having a great season this year. He's had some losses. He lost to North Dakota State. He he got pinned a couple times. He got pinned by Joe Grello. Uh, he lost his last match to Gavin Bell from Maryland, hmm. who's not, I think, like great. Um. Yeah, that's that's really weird. Yeah, it's odd for sure. But hey, more power to him. I I still yeah. like Camamine here though. Mm-hmm. Um, real close probably. I would assume. Um, I don't think Bergy will. We just kind of talked about attacking. I, I'm not sure Bergy will be the attacking type. I know he won five to one against Andrew Clark, but. Mm-hmm. You know. When you've been injured, your knee's been torn up, you've had some concussions, it tends to just slow you down a little bit. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think his matches will mostly be close this year, and, and I think this will be one of those. 
Yeah. But I, I'm leaning. Yeah, I'm I guess something like five to I mean, two for a mean. Yeah, yeah, I could see it five two, five four, six five. I mean, it's it, it could be hard telling, you know. Mm-hmm. One seventy four. It's interesting. This is a match that a year ago we would have had a, I think, a very different opinion on. Carter Storaki for Penn State, Logan Massa for Michigan. Last year, Massa was the favorite. Uh, got into an overtime match and then, like, rolled to his back in yeah. tie break. Uh, yeah, he got the full set of near fall too, didn't he? Yeah, ended up he... losing like six one or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one one. It was seven one at the end. Yeah, because he gave up. He went to his back, gave up two, mm-hmm. and then four four for the swipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was odd for sure. And it, um, and it, but at the time, it was you know top tier guy, blows match against second tier freshman. And now mm-hmm. in retrospect, it was national champ has a close match against you know sixth place type of guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you see it playing out this time around? I think Starachi is going to control the match, and mm-hmm. um, I don't really see Massa having much for him at this point. Um, Massa, another guy that's been around forever. This is his seventh year, right? Something like that. Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Another doctor in the room, you know, it's... And one of those years he didn't wrestle. He was just in the room, right, I think. Um, but he's had a lot of matches. He's had mm-hmm. uh, over a hundred, over 130 matches in his career. That's a lot for a college guy. And and um, I, I just I don't see it happening for him. He had a nice win over Ethan Smith in the mm-hmm. Ohio State duel. Um, and has looked okay. He's not looked maybe mm-hmm. as sluggish as other guys, but. I think Starachi and you know being in that room over at Penn State will he's had to have gotten better right I mean mm-hmm. yeah I mean um, the thing is NASA a lot of his offense is shooting from distance and getting guys to step into his shot um and I feel like Penn State guys in general and this guy in particular just stay in good position and make it really tough for that kind of game to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Starachi just finishes so well, all he needs is he just needs to get in once. He can probably just put the match away. Yeah. I, I think it'll that. it'll be pretty close, something like three to one. Yeah, I could see it being a one or two point match and uh you know, Starachi is he's been bonusing a lot. Yeah. But I don't think he's wrestled anybody as good as Massa yet. Uh, maybe besides uh, Foca from Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a 3-2 match, so I think this one could be close as well. And um, I, I, I think it will be, but I think it'll be controlled. Uh, I'm not sure Massa will be close to that winning score. Um, mm-hmm. I could even see it being in a one-one match and somebody getting, and Strachey getting a late takedown, um, kind of like last time. But I don't think it'll be nearly as dramatic um, with the near fall unless Massa goes for something big. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely see a decision here for Penn State. 
So now 184 is probably the most anticipated match of the duel. Uh, Aaron Brooks for Penn State, national champ last year, taking on Miles Amin, who was third at 197 last year, uh, Olympic medalist over the summer for San Marino, uh, beat, who was it, Shabanov in the bronze medal match. Yeah, yeah. And um, beat Mark Hall a couple weeks ago. Uh, the um, whatever they called it, the the knockoff version the of the Matt Man, the yeah. Matt Man Open, the fake Midlands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, had a win over Mark Hall. These guys, I think a lot of people think of as kind of one A, one B at the weight class. This is the first time we'll see him actually wrestle. How do you see uh, this match turning out? I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why I made you go first. I I don't know. I I see yeah. this. I I really like Aaron Brooks a lot. I think he is. Mm-hmm. He is a dude, and Miles Amin obviously has the hardware to back up how good he is. You know, he's all American and an Olympic medalist, and uh, the man has his face on a coin. So um, he's he could be a five-time All-American. Mm-hmm. Which is unheard of, you know, obviously, and and Aaron Brooks is, you know, obviously a national champion who is on his way to being very, very good, right? So, um, I don't know. It, again, it it's so tight. I like Amin a lot. I think um, he's had a lot of big matches in his life, and and um at the highest level, and I think that'll help him out here. And I, I think I could see him winning this one. I don't know how they'll go later on, you know, how Penn State does um, at the NCAA tournament. But I think Amin can pull this one off this time, and, and I look for Aaron Brooks to make adjustments mm. later on. Yeah, so one thing, um, Amin had a, had a really exciting overtime match last week with Romero from Ohio State. Right. Every single attack was to Romero's right leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and even um, on the broadcast, they were mentioning, because he, he kept trying this misdirection where he would step to his right, like towards the guy's left leg, and then go back to the right leg. He's saying, well, no one's fooled by that if all your shots have been to the right leg. Right. You can't fake one way and go the other way if everything you've done has been to that other way. Is that something you think Penn State, you know, adjusts for, accounts for? Um, I didn't get to see the Romero match. Mm-hmm. Um, was that Romero's lead leg? Was he attacking? Yeah, it, it was, yeah. Does Brooks and Romero lead trying, the same leg? That's what I'm trying to pull up. Um, the footage of Aaron Brooks. I, yeah, obviously I think they, they probably notice things like that. They've got good coaches in there, and they watch film, obviously, and they, um, do I think they're game planning for it? I don't know. They're probably just more aware of it. I don't think they're going to yeah, build a game plan kind of for home. a dual meet in January right now, but um, I think, I mean, we'll probably have to open up a little bit to so maybe Brooks, 
Brooks majored Poznanski from Rutgers. I've not seen that match, but Poznanski's really hard to score on. The fact mm-hmm. that he's majoring that guy is pretty impressive. Brooks yeah. has a left leg lead, which is probably not good if you're Myers Lameen. So I uh, I'm gonna pick Aaron Brooks here. I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna wanna mean just this one. Um I find it interesting that Yeah, I, I don't know where I was going. I I I think that the Mark Hall win will help Miles mm-hmm. kinda get over that hump. Yeah, that was a I guy he lost to time after time really close yeah, he could every never, match. And I It'd think always be that, three two, two one. Yeah, that Penn State singlet got that monkey off his back mm-hmm. a little bit, even though Mark wasn't wearing a Penn State singlet. But I think that helps you mentally. I think, again, he wins this one. The other ones I'm not so sure. We'll have to kind of wait and see, but um, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely the one I'm looking forward to the most. 197, uh, Patrick Brookie from Michigan. Uh Transferred in, of course, a couple of years ago from Princeton, but had to sit out for a while with injuries. Taking on Max Dean for Penn State, also a transfer from Cornell, and then had to sit out. Uh, how much how much has Max here. Dean wrestled this year? Um, like he has 11 matches that. this year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's done... They're all their recent duels. Yeah. Um, he wrestled... Yeah, he's wrestling all the duels, mm-hmm. it looks like. Um, he's not wrestling yeah, this, in the open. This should be a good like one. Yeah, I'm excited um, to see it. Rookie lost to Jake Woodley first weekend of the season. It seems like he's improved since then. He's been shooting a lot more. He's been a lot more aggressive. Yeah, uh, he also took a loss to Stephen Buchanan. Yeah, uh, that was um, it was an injury time where it was it was they did all escapes, and then Brookie took an injury, so Buchanan took bottom and got another escape. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much you can take from that, but. And I guess he probably slightly leans toward uh, Max Dean. Yeah, I think at this point you have to. Um, Maxine, again, has kind of been the dude for a couple mm-hmm. of years around that weight. and um, Redshirted last year, obviously, because the Cornell didn't compete. And then mm-hmm. 2020, he, uh, nah, he didn't wrestle that year either, did he? he uh, yeah, he, I think he, he was took an unattached or, or with the RTC. Yeah, yeah he yeah, so yeah. he hasn't he hasn't wrestled uh, postseason since 2019, the year he got second. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to go Dean here, um, mm-hmm. just just based on how things have gone lately. But I think Brucky could keep it interesting. He, he's usually in pretty good position. He's a strong kid, and uh, he's got a great mustache. So you know, I think. Mm-hmm. Having a great mustache goes a long way in a, in a tight match like this sometimes. Yep. And a heavyweight, um, we've got Kirkfleet taking on Mason Paris. Uh, Kirkfleet, I think, 
beat Paris in freestyle at that, the Olympic that trials. Happen? Yeah. Yes. That's what I was actually going to bring up. I was in Texas uh, last oh, year. Oh yeah, that that's happened. right. You had a you had a front row seat to that one. Yeah. It was not the way they had been wrestling that day. It wasn't super sur- surprising. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's going to be different this time around. I I, mm-hmm. I like I like Paris here. I just mm-hmm. yeah, I get that same sense as well. But I I'm trying to figure out why yeah I, why it makes sense to think that what uh what about it being folk style changed things? I'm not sure it's even the style. I think it's the the win that that Kirk Fleet had. That day, like I said, it was more uh, oh, about okay. how they wrestled that day rather than okay. them overall. You know, and you see that sometimes at those trials kind of tournaments yeah. where guys just, they have peaked for that, and it's time to go. I think Paris has been, you know, the second best heavyweight in the country for several years now, and and uh, I think he's going to be the guy, so... to to challenge and, and, and mm-hmm. really it's coming down to these two I think as far as challengers to, to Stevenson um, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> yeah I don't know and depending on how Cassiope wrestler wrestles one of these two could be the loser of this match could be on the uh, on the same side as Stevenson at yeah. the Big Ten tournament yeah definitely so there's a lot riding on this match um I, I I still like Paris. I like you said. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. Yeah. So there is just, there again, is um on the mat. I think. So if you look at Kirk Lee's results from last year, he. So, uh, I know he was pretty uh, freshly removed from an injury, so you can't take too much away from it. But he, mm-hmm. he lost to Paris. He lost nine zero to Cassiope. Yeah, he had some ugly losses. Uh, he also lost to Colton Schultz. Um, and I think he struggled a little bit with the bigger heavyweight. And he struggled a little bit with the guys who were tough on top. Uh, so mm-hmm. hopefully Paris can, if he's able to get a takedown, really um, put some work on him. Is Paris, I, is Paris a turner? Does he turn people? Yes, yes. I guess I've never really thought about it too hard. Um, you know, I always thought he was more. It was more of you know he's going to get his backs off of takedowns. I mean, it, it um, is some of that where, especially like with that, like that short dump he hits, mm-hmm. put, put people straight to their back. But no, he um, he'll run a bar a lot, especially he um, he kills a lot of people with that. Mm-hmm. I love a good bar. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I just like Paris here. I'm not sure why, but um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go a decision here for Paris. I think takedown or so probably separates them right now. Mm-hmm. So then dual score. Um, let's see. So I have it 18 to 12 for Penn State. Uh, with a Suriano. Where do we disagree? You had uh, at 184, we disagreed, right? Right, and I have 
Soriana with a major. I have it sixteen sixteen. Mm-hmm. So again, oh, and you also points. had Nick Lee with the major. Yeah, I said maybe, right? I think right. Yeah, it's very possible, but I I don't think I'm sold on that. So I think it's it's more than likely going to be around sixteen 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 fifteen ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know, we always have these kind of expectations for for Penn State duels, and they always kind of seem to shut everybody up so you know somebody like brady berge mm-hmm. um you know max dean could pull a pin out of his ass you know <laughs> who knows it, it it's such a penn state does wild things sometimes and and who knows maybe michigan will pull the upset I, i'm kind of rooting for michigan a little bit here mm-hmm. um, um i think that it's their time so but they do have some old guys in there and i think that 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 could hurt him in the long run. Yeah, I think um, that's probably a good rule of thumb for this year is fade the old guy. Just mm-hmm. when it, because I mean, these guys have built their reputation off of a career that, you know, for most of that career, they were, you know, kind of at their peak and now they're maybe a little bit worse than they were, which is not something you really expect to ever happen. You know what I mean? Like in in the sport of wrestling, when guys start to decline, that that's the end. They'll just retire. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really see people get worse. And I think it can be hard to wrap our heads around it sometimes. It, is it getting worse, or is it that well, they're just performing worn down. worse in the short term? Sure, because they've got so much wear and tear. They they haven't gotten maybe the rest or the recovery that they need. Yeah. And so their performance level suffers a little bit. Yeah, the grind of the college season, it's been said and talked about to death, obviously, right? Um, it's tough, and especially in the Big Ten, um, where it's a battle every weekend, and you got to go through two of them, you know, on Friday and Sunday. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> it it's not easy, especially when you've been doing it forever and and you know a lot of these guys that are have been around forever probably should be having freestyle careers that they're trying to figure out what's next for them in coaching and they're still hanging around but and that can be said for a lot of teams around the country right now Iowa Michigan you know um everybody seems to have uh have those guys and you know Purdue's got a couple of them and uh I guess you just gotta see. Mm-hmm. Let's try and uh, race through these uh, these other matchups. We got Makai Lewis against Hayden Hydley. Yeah, uh, boy, uh, I, I gotta go Hydley. There, I, I, I just like the way he wrestles, mm-hmm. and I think his. The style matchup is better for him at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really low scoring match. It's going to be a three two two one type of thing. Yeah, I, I kind of lean towards Hidley. Um, we've got Alex Marinelli, Alex Marinelli against Carson Karshla. See, I think this is a big one. I I think that's one of the more understated matches of the weekend. Yeah. Um. 
because you have a guy like Marinelli who's been around forever, kind of like we just talked about, um, has not had the results that he wants. He's been the the regular season national champ, you know, every year, but can't get it done. And then you have a guy like Karchula who's coming in and seems to be everybody's holding him very high right now. And it's a, it's going to be very telling the way um, the rest of the season at 65 will go and the way Iowa's season will go, especially their title hopes. Um, because if they don't get production out of the bowl, it's going to be really hard. And Karshla is a guy that can be right there and, and win that match. Mm-hmm. Marinelli reminds me so much of... Chris Dardane, where even when he was ranked number one, it just felt like the way he wrestled kind of put a ceiling on him. Yeah, he was never safe, right? Yeah, well, and just it just felt like he, I don't know, just like there was there was a, an upper limit to how good he could be, just mm-hmm. because the way he wrestled was so head on. That yeah. if he ever met a guy that either was able to not get pushed around or a guy that was quick enough um, that could change direction well enough mm-hmm. to be walking him into shots, he just wouldn't be able to deal with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is Karshal the guy to do that? I'm not sure. But... I, it um it'll definitely be good to um to find out. I think it'll tell us a lot about where those guys are at right now and where they're gonna end up at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Riggs Lovett against Austin Gomez. And Gomez, I just want to talk about a little bit. He um another guy that briefly retired from the sport because of injuries, concussions. Now he's back at a different school, um, up a couple of weights. He's looked really good this year. Do you, he has. Do you think he's wrestling differently from how he was before, or is it just the same guy and everybody forgot how good he was? Um, I think there's probably a little bit of that. Um, he... He's been kind of plagued by injuries, and I think that always puts a damper on how someone is perceived. Um, he retired, right, obviously, um, and came back and transferred and and kind of made the, this big thing. He's 10-1 and one on the year right now. His only loss coming to Josh Heil, um, and that was an overtime loss. But he's looked really good, you know. Um, he's been scoring points, you know, in his last three matches, he scored 8, 11, and 10 points and has only given up 13 points across three matches. So um, he's looked good along that line. Um, Ridge Lovett has um, has that loss to Yanni. It was a 6-4 sudden victory loss you know, at the Cliff Keen. Um, but other than that, he's he's looked good, right? And I think... Um, I don't know. Austin Gomez, like, 
to answer the question, he's a really good wrestler that um, maybe has benefited from the change of scenery um, and the coaching change um, and has gotten himself some confidence back. So, um, And it's gotten him some success. So um, I like him in that match against Ridge Lovett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm inclined to take Gomez as well. And this is what I was talking about earlier about becoming a more leg attack based wrestler. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the past he um he won with uh with short offense and with upper body stuff mm-hmm. more than getting to people's legs and this year he's shooting a lot, he's taking everybody down. And I, I think he still has all that other stuff. He just yeah, he's I, only gonna use it when he has to. Yeah, it makes him really dangerous, you know. A guy that can go up top with you at any time head pinch you to your back or, you know, body lock you and all sorts of crazy stuff, you know, and you have to think about that while you're defending your legs. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes those transitions from, you know, the leg attack up to the body even more kind of dangerous for the defensive guy. So um, it's I think that's benefited him a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, kudos to the Wisconsin staff for kind of getting his confidence up you know, like we kind of said with Brady Berge, you know, guys that have injuries tend to kind of slow it down a little bit and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, not wrestle as aggressively because, you know, they don't want to get hurt. You know, they don't they don't want to put themselves back in that position. So, but uh, good for him. You know, he's got a 10-1 record right now, and I, I think it'll be 11-1 after a Ridge Lovett match. Um. Alan Hart against uh, Clay Carlson, rematch from the uh, Southern Scuffle, Hart from Missouri, uh, against Carlson from South Dakota State. Uh, I think it was like 3-2, something like that. Uh, uh, 2-0. Hart beat Carlson in that match. I think it'll be something similar. Um, Hart really good on top. Um, yeah. Probably gonna have yeah. the advantage. Yeah, I like Hart. I, I I just think he's he's a dude, and and all those Missouri guys seem to be so good on top, and mm-hmm. and I I just think that that's where he'll make his money, and and I I see him winning that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Michigan against Rutgers on Sunday. We got Michic against Sebastian Rivera. I think it'll be a pretty similar story to the Nick Lee match, where at his absolute peak, he might be better than the guy, but the way it's gone right now and the way Rivera's wrestling this year, you probably got to give him, make him a pretty heavy favorite. Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. You know, Rivera is a dude that is just always there. And he's always good. And he's always a threat to whoever it is he's wrestling. And that's got to be exhausting for a guy like Michich who, you know, knows what he's doing. He's been in tough matches. He's wrestled a lot of good guys. But, you know, there's no days off in the Big Ten. And, and when you got to go up against a guy like Seabass who... You know, as wins over Spencer Lee, you know, you know, you got to bring your lunch pail in, and, and 
you know, you're gonna have you're gonna see sea bass and Nick Lee in the same weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, and does a loss to Nick Lee hurt him going into Sunday? Mm-hmm. Do we see Drew Matten in that spot instead of him? I, I think I think it's a possibility. I think if it's a loss on Friday, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, last one I want to talk about. Uh, we got Braxton Amos for Wisconsin against Thomas Panola for Purdue. So going mm-hmm. into this year, we were both, I think, pretty high on Braxton Amos. Yeah. Thought he would be a, a top five type guy. Uh, we were pretty confident that he'd be an All-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not think in 100 years he would lose to Trey Rogers. Right. Uh, what do you think has gone wrong for him this season? You know, I'm not sure. Um, he was a world champ over the summer. He looked really good, winning two medals at the world championships. And I think everybody was like, well, this is going to be the guy to challenge Ferrari and and really see, see what happens. But, you know, you take a loss early in the year, and is it a weight adjustment? Is it a college wrestling adjustment? I don't see him having trouble with the adjustment to college mm-hmm. wrestling. He's been wrestling at such a high level. Yeah, you know, I mean, cause that's, that's the main and... thing you would say is just the physicality of it. But he had success at the senior level, right? He qualified for the Olympic trials in both styles. Mm-hmm. Wrestling against, you know, guys who are out of college. Yeah. <laughs> He's beating shit like, out of people that yeah. are, that are, have been in college and have been... Mm-hmm. I just I don't know I. It's it's not like he's doing terrible. Uh, he's lost twice to Greg Bulsack, who is having a really good year for himself. He had the loss to Rogers, and then he's I think beating everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the always... weight? Because you know wrestling freestyle wrestling those guys it was always at two eleven at ninety seven kilos. Mm-hmm. You know, you would think two two eleven to one ninety seven isn't that big of a jump. He's not a small guy. You know, yeah, he's a pretty be. big kid, and he he's kind of always been around that weight, around that two twenty ish range, right? Didn't he wrestle two twenty in high school? That sounds right. I think that that's where he was, and mm-hmm. maybe it's the weight cut. Uh, you know, that's that's the only thing I can. I can man maybe maybe he's tired from from the off season where he was on a tear and he needs some time. I think he'll bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know who else I've been really high on? It's Thomas Panola. Yeah, he's having a really good season. That dude is a good wrestler. Who did you know, he, he beat? Was, he beat somebody at Vegas. I was really impressed. Um, fuck, who was it? Uh, Lou Dupre. Right. And, yes. and Jake yes. Woodley. Yes. Yeah, he's had a great season. He's He's got five losses. Um, mm-hmm. He's actually lost four in a row here. He's he's kind of having a slump. Um, mm-hmm. But he hasn't lost anybody that's, that's bad. I mean, he's lost to right. Batista, Schultz, Warner, and Caffey. Mm-hmm. The worst of those was to Caffey, and I'm not sure. I didn't see that match. It was an 8-1 to one loss, but I I really like him. 
you know, he was not highly recruited coming out of high school. He was just a dude that works hard. And, and I know, I'm not sure Purdue thought he would be the guy. He, he was a 70 pounder in high school. He, now he's a 97. Um, you know, he wrestled for Zionsville high school here in Indiana. So I'm pretty familiar with him. Um, he's just a tough kid that works his butt off and, and uh, I've been very excited about him. I drafted him to my fantasy league team. Oh, I forgot about league. this. He, uh, his freshman season, he was a national qualifier at heavyweight. That's right, yeah. And came yeah. back down to 97. Yeah, he wrestled 184 as a red shirt, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a national qualifier at heavyweight. Had a, had a pretty good season there. I want to say he beat somebody really good that year. His freshman year? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll, I'll look at it. Uh, he had a lot of matches, though. Um, oh, so he actually did some matches at 97 and then maybe as a team thing. Yeah, I think they needed him up there. Uh-huh. You know, he had a really good match with Gary Traub. Um, man, who was it? I feel like he had a nice... A nice he win. He Luke Luffman in the duel. And at Big Ten. That's his best win, I think. Yeah. That, that, that at the time was pretty good win. Um, but uh, he had some tight Last matches with year, some guys. Yeah. Last year he had wins over Gavin Hoffman. Uh... He lost 6-5 to Michael Beard. He beat Greg Bullsack. Uh He beat Marcus Coleman. Lost close to Norfleet and Buchanan. And this year, those two really big wins in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Dupre was an All-American. Woodley was an All-American. I think, uh, you know, obviously coming off four losses, he's primed for a win. I think that he's he can steal one here against mm-hmm. I guess Wisconsin against Amos, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting for sure. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, he he could definitely get get a couple takedowns late. I think that's how he won those matches we were talking about. Was he he would just keep coming? He got the guy's legs where maybe early in the match they're they're tight with their stance. He's not able to get to those takedowns. Later mm-hmm. on, if they start getting tired, he's able to get... He he shoots like a low single, right? Yeah, I, you know, I'm I can't... To, he goes... Uh, I'm trying to remember it. I think he just has a righty single. I don't yeah, know that, sounds, a that sounds right. That sounds right, yeah. If I am remembering correctly, sorry if I'm not there, Thomas, but... um, Yeah, I like him in this matchup. I'm not sure he'll win, but I think it'll be interesting, and... Mm-hmm. You know, if if it is a weight issue for Amos, and if he doesn't have a good cut here, you know, yeah, Panola's a guy that sticks around at the end of matches. So, yeah, it's definitely a thing. All right, Austin. Well, um, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, yeah, those man. of you listening to this who have not heard the interviews with Nate Jackson, with uh, Gabe Dean, not Gabe Dean, Gabe Townsell. Yeah. Uh, Mark Schultz. The, yeah, with Mark. <laughs> I was I was saving that one for last. Yeah, Mark Schultz. 
with uh, with the bulldog. Uh, who else? Who else do you interview? Um, I had Jay Lavalley on there. That was one of my favorite ones. He that yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, and then just lots of kind of just newsy stuff. Um, I had a good time with it. Just mm-hmm. time restraints of kind of you know coaching and things have kind of kept me away mm-hmm. from it. Yep. Maybe one day I'll jump back on there. But you know, mm-hmm. if you haven't got to hear that Mark Schultz interview, at least listen yeah. to that. It's a wild ride. It's yeah. two and a half hours or so of me and him just kind of going back and forth, and he he brings some different insights to things for sure. And I'm glad I got to talk to him. Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, man, no problem. Thanks.